Hey, everybody. Eternal Journals is supported by our listeners who are kind enough to support us on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash eternaldurtles, and all that money uh, goes into paying for our hosting fees to getting karaoke downloads and things like that. So thanks so much if you already are, and we hope you will if you want to. Blackman. Oh wow, yo, new nickname. Wow. Whoa, it's filthy Phil. He's gonna come up with the dirtiest bruise. Dude, I have uh, the dirtiest bruise because I'm filthy <laughs> Phil. That's me. What? Welcome, well, welcome to the new age. This is the new era. This is like when DMX uh, came back as D Generation X. I I had a nickname for myself when I thought of this in the car, 
but I can't remember what it was. You want to know what's great is that what I just said, the <laughs> sentence that I just said makes no sense at all. But I'm filthy Phil, so it works. I actually remember that from high school. There's a guy who was like way into wrestling that used to wear D-Generation X shirts. Yeah, uh, anyway, Zach's, Zach's in Europe. Yeah, he's uh, way cooler than us, so he gets to go to Paris. Well, he's in he's in like Italy right now, right? He like went to Venice. I thought he was going to Paris, and he's like ended up in Venice, eating some sort of uh, you know seafood pasta and sending us videos of him in a gondola. So, yeah, dude, you you gotta you gotta follow the flow when you go to Europe. Yeah. Um. So we brought in a guest tonight, uh, Sam Rukas. Sam, welcome in. Thank you. Uh... Glad to be here, Nate and uh, Filthy Phil. I got a question. I got a question, Nate. Is Sam the most magic famous guest we've ever had on? <laughs> um, we we did have like pro tour competitors, Jonathan Sukenik and Ben Friedman and Cyrus. But wow! So Sam, congratulations! You're the most magic famous person <laughs> ever. Uh, yeah, I, I appreciate that. My magic fame precedes me in this group specifically. <laughs> well, well, you know, it's been time. It's been time for us to mix in a guest, and it's hard to schedule people on short notice. So, thank you for coming in. I texted Phil at about four and said, "Do you think Sam would come on tonight to talk about the legacy metagame, such as it is, which yeah, is Sam, really interesting?" Sam's not going to deprive his fans. <laughs> um. Well, guys, let me oh, tell you something. Have nothing better to do, so let's let's do this. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Literally nothing better to do than this. Instead of guys. yeah, Sam Sam <laughs> is not five owing a league right now, so he can come and share his thoughts on the legacy metagame, which you know we should all be grateful for. Yeah. <laughs> I've been playing the uh Jess Guy Underworld Breach deck online, and I can't decide whether or not it's too broken. Sam, I keep you, winning. Sam, uh, you you created that deck, right? I I did not create that deck, but I've seen that deck. Um, it's something. Uh, I will I, say this: like I've been playing against a lot of basic planes, and you know maybe that helped. But like I've gotten out of some pretty tight jams just by drawing Underworld Breach, which I think is really you know interesting. It's really just revolving around this one card that if you can just resolve it, you usually just win. And a lot of people scoop to like Underworld Breach, Brain Freeze, targeting yourself. Yeah, you know, the the thing is like it doesn't require very much mana or very many cards. And um, it's it's the kind of thing where if they're not playing dedicated hate pieces, like a lot of them, uh, they can get out of some really insane situations. Uh, I've eaten shit to it a lot. Oh, can I curse? Am I allowed to do that? No, yeah, you can, you can curse. Yeah. Yeah, so it's... it's uh, I should have asked before we started recording. Um, I have kind of tried to close the the um, the vice grip on them, and they just they get out of some really nasty nasty hate pieces. So yeah, I, I'm definitely aligned that it's it's on the broken end. What have you been playing recently? Mm. Oh, sorry, just choked on my bourbon. Um, <laughs> yes, I. We'll get that I, in post. <laughs> no, keep I, it in. All right. <laughs> I've been playing, um, you know, uh, mostly Miracles, the new kind of four-color Astrolabe deck. Um, 
there's a handful of astrolabe piles that kind of just start with 20 lands, four labes, and mm-hmm. uh, go from there. I've been playing uh, a handful of different ones of those. Mostly, you know, looking through the preliminaries, looking through the league finishes, stuff like that, kind of experimenting with different... Um, not really mid-range piles, but the the fair blue piles that uh, any fair blue pile that's interested in in anything but baleful Strix go, you know. So <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think for what it's worth, um, some of them are better than others. Uh, the miracles lists are actually pretty solid now. They kind of you know they figured out their numbers for the most part. Um, but the the metagame is kind of congealing around a handful of way too broken decks. Uh, Breach, definitely at the top of my list. Um, I think you have uh, Hogak, which is up there. Uh, you have Omniscient. Um, it's, it's basically just either stack-based or graveyard-based combos. Um, and I think Miracles usually benefits from, you know, kind of broken metas uh, in the sense that you can choose a... Uh, a main deck that kind of crushes the fair decks. You know, you have Terminus and Swords and Sandmaster yep. and Jay Zoko, all that shit. Um, and then, you know, your your sideboard just kind of tailors to those things. Um, and when the broken decks do the job of kind of pushing out everything that would um, that would out mid-range you or out um, kind of go over the top of you, um, anything slower, rampy, all that stuff, um, Miracles kind of gets the chance to shine by basically being, you know, the the hate deck that's not, you know, too far tilted in, in that direction, if that makes sense. Yeah, I um I haven't seen it a lot recently. I was seeing it a little bit more a couple weeks ago, I think. Um things move things move a lot faster online than you'd expect. But I think a lot of that is that I find the I find that breach is very satisfying to play. Just because I think Yogg Must Will is a satisfying effect. And I think you've seen a lot of people just experiment with it for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and oh, just like a crazy amount of, of death and taxes, like more than I would expect everywhere. I you know, I think it, it beats a lot of these strategies. It's always the kind of deck that, you know, goes a little bit under the radar, but people want to be good because it's fair. Um, and it does cool things and it makes you feel smart when you do them. But yeah, uh, it's good. Uh, Phil, what have you been playing? You've been playing uh, Dude, I, Legends? Uh, <laughs> I, I I've been playing all of the all of the jank all of the time. I played Phoenix the other night and uh, oh that go. So I found that that deck is very good at any deck that is looking to play fair, just because Ox is so much better than anything else that any of the other fair decks are doing. Uh-huh. Uh, but because you are, I imagine that there is a shell that plays Ox to crush fair decks under just raw cards that doesn't play Phoenix. So you can open up some space uh, outside of just the cantrips to turn on your Phoenixes because I found that I was excellent against the fair decks. And then I just got crushed by uh, fast combo because, you know, your deck is so much uh, velocity cards and not actual interaction on the stack. Yeah. And it's like, you also are incentivized to be playing cards in your main phase to get your Phoenixes onto the board. And so the play patterns of Phoenix does not really give you much 
room to fight stack based combo outside of putting them on a fast clock, which you know Phoenix can't do fast enough. Um, you you mean the red blue? This is the red blue version. Just the red blue version. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't playing. I, I I was playing just the the clean red blue version because I wanted to uh, stress Ox as much as I could to you know put that card. Uh, to see where its strength was, and it was just yep. incredible in the fair matchups. Yep, um, it really is. And then you get just, a couple of those off. Yeah, but obviously, when the games don't go long for you to grind and gain the leverage from ancestraling over and over, uh, it's not really much of. It's just a piece of cardboard. So, I imagine there's a middle ground. I imagine there's a, a, a world where you just get to have uh, your control deck. That's you know, way to go up on cards and win condition is just the ox, and that's it. Um, but I haven't found it yet. Yeah. Well, I think um, it's interesting. You know, I think Sam. I don't know how many. How, have you played a lot of cards from Theros in in those decks you've been playing? Uh, I've been playing a lot of Theros, but not in Legacy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think Uro might potentially be a bit of a one of. Um, depends on you know. It depends on how things go, I guess. Um, clean to dust, man. Clean it. Well, the thing is, like, the the graveyard decks are so powerful. You basically only can play rest in peace or leyline in the void. Cling to dust is the kind of card that thrives in like healthy metas, and this one's <laughs> it's not healthy. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny that it's funny that you're that's your first that's your take. I, I think I don't think you're wrong. I don't think you're wrong. It's it's pretty. It feels very fast. Everything going on right now. There are, there are, I think, certain cards that, when they're good, it's a signal that the metagame is healthy. And to me personally, those cards are Thoughtseize, um, Wasteland, uh, basically cards that aim to either disrupt synergy strategies or um, to kind of break up accumulation of resources. Um, when the only thing that will do is a nuke, um, you know that you know, something is kind of seriously wrong, given the the size and power of the legacy card pool. I mean, yeah. brainstorm into three, you know, fresh cards is really fucking powerful. So if if the only thing that you can get off that brainstorm is an absolute, you know, time stopper, that's the kind of thing that's like, eh, all right, this is this is really broken. Well, let's look We're, at the the current the current most popular deck is Blue Red Delver. Which I think is interesting because I actually, that's the deck I've had the most trouble with playing the Breach deck. And not because it's so good at disrupting me, but because, like, I have to respect its ability to, you know, cast the card Force of Will on my one card that I need to resolve. So it slows me down maybe like a turn or two just so I can find a silence or try and bait out a, a counter spell or, like, maybe they'll, you know, commit everything to the board. But meanwhile, the, um, you know, early Delver, Dreadhorde Arcanist, Bolt, Bolt, Bolt. It's usually enough to end the game fast. I think that's the what I what I find interesting about that is that it sort of indicates it, it, it's not like it's not this you know super clever tempo deck. It's really just like throw stuff at your face, throw more stuff at your face, draw a bunch of cards, but by recasting all of my cantrips. Um, but I don't like I wouldn't say that deck's broken, but it's it's presence at the top of the metagame indicates perhaps something else about what's going on right yeah. which is that how many decks can just like 
you know, win the game by only resolving one force of will or one, you know, daze or whatever, one key. That one turn is enough because you're getting six to nine damage um, off a single lightning bolt through Dreadhorde Arcanist or something like that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, there's something to be said for, you know, just ending the game, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, the game's over. You can't lose. <laughs> Unless you lose it. I guess. A lot of strategies, like, you know, especially the mid-range and kind of slower, fair blue ones, um, anything reactive, uh, even if you, you know, get your hate piece or whatever, the game's not over. It just means that, you, you know, that, that they can't kill you. Um, so if you don't do anything, they'll figure a way out of it. And um, especially if you're not kind of actively disrupting them in the meantime, uh, you, you know, like you said, it doesn't take much with... Uh, brain freeze and underworld breach to just go off from nothing. So, you know, I can easily imagine a situation where they play, a, you know, an Orm's Chant into a Seal of Cleansing, um, get rid of your, your rest in peace, and then untap and, you know, chant Lion's Eye Diamond, brain freeze, breach, go off. And, you know, that that's it from basically that, no... That's, no <laughs> that's basically how it is. I mean, it's like... In the, in the post-board games, you can board in a bunch of wear tears, swords to plowshares, even. I'm just, just speaking about, like, for example, the I played a bunch of white decks, and I've beaten, like, in game two and three, two to three pieces of resolved targeted hate, right? So I think a player played, like, a deafening silence into a uh, revoker on LED, right? Mm. And... Like, it was just, like, a matter of wear tear to get me out of that, right? Um, Another time, someone, a a player had Thalia into Sanctum Prelate, and it was just swords, Underworld Breach, swords, the Sanctum Prelate, because it was on zero, and then Lion's Eye Diamond, Brain Freeze, right? Like, it was was pretty crazy. Um, Oh, yeah. A hint might be that if you're playing Chalice or Sanctum Prelate, to put it on two, because I don't actually... That's a lot harder to beat from nothing, because the Underworld Breach flashing back this, this, the Source of Plowshares was the um, was the way that I got out of that, but um, they were right to not put it on one. I mean, one doesn't really do anything <laughs> once you have the combo, so... Yeah, I think also, you know, especially for combo decks in general you know fair deck players are used to okay you have to spend your hand and then you know the the trade of my force of will is everything in your hand or you know three four cards yep with breach it's totally different you have to spend your force of will up front and they might just have another underworld breach you know it's it's not a good trade for the fair deck player and you don't get the satisfaction of knowing that they spent a lot of resources doing that it's totally you know whatever is in the underworld breach player's hand which on one hand is nice because that's you know legacy is about kind of figuring out what they have based on the way that they play but on the other hand it it actually sucks because if they just have two you have to force one and then oh, you lose yeah i think that an interesting yeah way that plays out too is that like force of will is not always the best card to have but if, if I if I for example when my opponent goes like goblin guide I know that I'm I'm safe to just win with the pure power of the breach combo on turn two right and you know so like you have to have it but like the longer the game goes on it's actually worse because you have to deploy stuff which gets potential force pitch targets out of your hand 
and yeah, just can't like you know you you, you have to you have to play cards to win. You can't just sit there and do nothing. Um, yeah, but. for sure. Uh, definitely uh, a kind of control combo deck in the sense that you know you can kind of the, the the breach player doesn't really just have to go off the same way that you know some other players. Uh, might have to like Belcher or something where it, you know it's not getting better for him. Yep. Phil, um, you wanted to talk about very specifically this idea of reactive decks in Legacy. Did you want to expand on that? And then, yeah. Well, before we <clears throat> jump into that, I wanted to one thing that Sam had said earlier was uh, the you said something about the meta you needing you needing only nukes to deal with a, a the, the meta which is currently uh problematic something like that yeah just the the sense that you know the legacy metagame is healthy when um certain cards are playable and when only a nuke will do um you know that something is wrong do you think that the it's it's specifically just breach and a hogak as two decks that are causing that to be or do you think that's just uh the decks that people are, like it's the style of deck that people are playing yeah i mean obviously legacy has all of these kind of hidden factors that are keeping people from changing decks and you know the metagame from evolving in a normal healthy way right you know we don't have a lot of tournaments most of the the advancements are done online because that's where people play um which means that you know you have more super invested players which means you have more combo um also, cars are really expensive and hard to get on paper. So, you know, maybe if you you would play Breach on paper if you could, but, uh, you know, you only have, I don't know, Delver, then that's kind of what you're stuck with. You're just going to change your sideboard a bit to, to be able to react to it. It, it. It's just the kind of format where there's so many other noisy factors going on that I, I wouldn't necessarily trust um, what few results we do have um but yeah i mean I, I think insofar as you know there are there's breach which is it seems really good um there's tes which uh is also really good right now um you have hogak and omniscience which are got a bunch of you know upgrades recently i i, I think that you know whenever you have kind of the best strategies uh, congeal around a handful of shared resources um, and the legacy metagame isn't necessarily able to push back against them uh, that's kind of where you see uh, miracles doing well because miracles thrives on being um, this kind of targeted hate deck um, you know when deathright shaman and getaxian probe were legal you had miracles kind of riding the coattails, where Deathrite Shaman kind of pushed everything else to the side. Grixis Delver was the best deck by far. Um, but Terminus beats, you know, Birds of Paradise strategies, just kind of structurally speaking. So it doesn't matter that Grixis Delver is, you know, this objectively powerful deck. The matchup against Miracles kind of makes it eat shit. Um, but the fact that it's pushing out all these other strategies means that Miracles can kind of wedge itself in there and and be pretty good. And I, I think that's what's happening right now. Yeah, I've been very surprised to see, I've been checking every once in a while to see how many um, Okos are being played in Legacy. 
Um, because you know, we've discussed on the show that it's just, it's, it's, it's a very unfun card to play in a fair mirror and has actually sort of been the card that's pushed me to play more combo decks recently, just because I don't want to be playing like a grindy Oko matchup just because I find it miserably boring. Um, and the fact that it's still appearing in a quarter of decks has been pretty surprising to me just because, um, I kind of like I, I had been in this like oh man look at all these fun things you can do you got like fast as Oracle and and Underworld Breach and and like the way the the new build of of TES and um you know this this green blue omniscience deck like there's gonna be just so many combo decks out there um and it's it's amazing that um you know the the, the fair decks that are left are pretty much except for the ironically except for the two most popular ones um that have sort of stock lists in, in blue, red Delver and death and taxes are playing Oko still, which is, you know, not doing anything in a lot of these, in a lot of these situations, but does show you how important it is in that fair deck matchup. If you ever get it right. Yeah. I mean, I think in the scope of, you know, fair blue decks, um, Oko, it's kind of Oko or nothing. I, I totally hear you on the, the Oko mirrors being boring as shit. That's, um, you know, that's what they did in standards, what they did in pioneer. Um, it's it's basically what it does. Everything is just a three three, um, but yeah, man. Like I I think it it pushes out a lot of the other fair strategies. Um, so you're kind of left with this dilemma of do I play the Oko deck or do I play any number of these combo decks that basically just avoids it. Um, and so you you kind of get this situation where Oko is not too good, but only because every other deck is trying to kill you on turn two. Well, with D&T and, and Blue Red Delver are actually probably the best equipped decks to handle Oko, the card, without playing it, because you know, one is just doing so much damage so fast that tapping out on turn three into a you know potential daze probably isn't you know going to always work out for you. And the other one actually can go wide pretty well and get around it, you know? Um, which... I mean, I, I, I'm not saying that they're necessarily favored in that matchup, but they have a better chance than, say, like, something that's trying to put, like, you know, like, something that's, like, thoughts he's in a dark confidant, for lack of a better term, right? You yeah. know, something where it's just, like, you know, I'm going to put this one thing into play, right? Uh, yeah, that's not going to that's not gonna do much for you. Stoneforge Mystic, you know, on an empty board or something, right? Like, that's an elk. <laughs> um, yeah, so, exactly. Uh, as long as these decks can play a little bit around the Oko, they can, they can survive. So, um I don't know, Phil, you want to comment on where we're going with the conversation here? We've got some other questions. We'll yeah, so, yeah, no, I, I wanted the, the, the topic that I wanted to get to, especially because we have the fastest Miracles player alive on the cast, is uh, do you think with the cards that are currently in the pool, like the playable cards that are currently in the pool, like, you know, you're just talking about Oka, um, is playing a reactive control deck uh, in the days of old is that no longer feasible? A good question would be, do you consider Miracles as it's currently constructed to be a traditional reactive control deck as well? Is, is that is that for the fastest Miracles player alive to answer? Is that, that where we're going with this? Yeah. It's for the fastest Miracles player alive to answer. Didn't get the slowest Miracles player on the cast. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, well, before I... Yeah, answer, Zach's on vacation. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Zach playing miracles is pretty funny. Anyway, uh, go ahead. Let's can we just can we just quickly talk about an experience I had at, at GP New Jersey. This is Theros Limited. Um, I think it was maybe like round six or something. Um, 
in in the X one bracket. So you know, fairly fairly well for uh, you know a limited tournament. And I think between game one and two, my opponent just totally straight face says, "Are you just like some super famous fucking miracles player from I don't know where?" And I was just like, "Holy shit, man!" I no, I'm just like an adult who plays way too many kids' cards games. Um, <laughs> well, this this moniker is is sticking. That's like a that's a weird, a weird feeling. Where do you say you were from? So I I just I said I was a dude who plays too many card games, man. I I don't know. I. Yeah. Then he whipped he out his <laughs> silver sharpie and signed all of the guy's cards. Yeah, well, I think we know some people like that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like back to your question, I, I I think you know there are people playing the kind of classic blue white or just guy miracles builds with counterbalance and portent and stuff like that. Um, personally, I, I haven't had very much success with them. Uh, there are a handful of players who I do respect very much. Um, who have had success with them recently um, doing pretty well in the preliminaries and, you know, local regional tournaments. Um, but yeah, I, I think for my money uh, between Oko and Ice Fang, Coatl, uh, the, you know, the two mana snake that draws um, and Astrolabe, there are just too many tools that put you up on resources kind of for free um, that I'd rather join them than than fight them and you know you can slot the terminus jace entreat the angels package kind of pretty naturally into all that stuff um obviously it makes your miracles a little bit awkward to only have eight cantrips uh, but I, I i think the power level is definitely there you know ice fang can ambush delvers or you know kind of bleeds delver strategies on the same axis that they play um, it makes it really tough for them to kind of get these small advantages that they depend on. Um, and for the most part, I haven't had too much trouble outside of either of these, you know, 20 mana Eldrazi strategies that just cast four Lumaz, you know, turn after turn. <laughs> Those are the worst. You're like, okay, but what are they going to, what do they possibly have? And it's always, it's always a Lumog. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> You can do one Olamog. It's two Olamogs. You're like, all right, man. Well, I, I have two. Left. I'm out of here. <laughs> That's just the deck. Um, but yeah, it's it's you know those, and then it's it's basically just the combo strategies that you know you get 15 cards in your sideboard to to hate on, um, and then they take care of the rest of the metagame because you know they beat everything else. Yeah. Um, you want to hear a do fun you consider... story? <laughs> sure, of course. All right, it's real, it's real quick. One time, Sam needed... This is back when you needed points for buys. Sam needed points, and he wanted to go to this local tournament like an hour and a half away or something. And uh, of the people who live over in New York, I was the only one who was like, yeah, I'll go. Let's play some cards. So him and I both sleep up Miracles. This is back when you still had top. So we're playing. we're both playing top Miracles. Sam goes in. He crushes the tournament. He XOs whatever. Who gives a shit? He wins the whole thing. He wins his buys, and it's great. I spent the whole day going up against nothing but 12 post players that were looping Emrakul with Caracas while I was sitting there with counterbalance in my hand, feeling shitty about myself. And that is why Sam is the fastest Miracles player alive. No, I, I think 
hold on. I, I just want to disclaim this story that Phil will, on the way to a tournament, he'll be talking about some insane, just totally ridiculous scenario. This motherfucker on the way to a Star City was like, you know what I want to do in case somebody uh, casts Merit Lage against me or, you know, gets the, the Merit Lage combo? This is before this was a tier one deck. This is like back when there was no such thing as like, you know, the black green depths deck. He's like, I need to be able to have infinity thopters to gain life and block that thing. And then in round one, that's exactly what he played against. This, <laughs> he has, he's like Nostradamus for like dumb shit in Legacy. That, <laughs> that just like happens to him in real life. On the way to this tournament, he was like, man, I just, ha I don't, I don't want to play against Enchantress or 12 Post or any of these strategies. Just, just loop Emrakul's. He played against every single one of those strategies. Um, so I appreciate you, Phil, for you know manning up that you know one three bracket. Um, Yo, so, so so someone has to die on the coals in order for you to get those points for buys. Yeah, that, that was a, that was a good deal for me. So I appreciate. Yeah, I, I I hop in the way of the Vesuvas so you could play against Delver all day. <laughs> um, opponent uh, countered three Sensei's Divining Tops, but I drew four. Uh, so there you go. That's how to win. Yeah, that is drawing. Drawing the good cards is the best part. Um, but do you just just to close the gap we were earlier? Did you do you not consider the um, the the Bant Miracles deck to be as close to the hard control as has been in the past? I guess. Yeah, I mean, I. I... I think they kind of play pretty similarly. Um, the play patterns are a little bit different just because, you know, you're tapping out for Astrolabe and um, a lot of your turns are spent cycling your uh, Kotals. Uh, but for the most part, it's it's pretty similar. For me personally, I don't really care how you define control or midrange or whatever. Um, the, the thing that's most interesting to me is the play patterns that they end up kind of having against different decks um and as far as i'm concerned the, the four color snowco decks um as they're called are are pretty similar at least spiritually to to the way that the old miracles decks used to play um maybe people disagree with that but uh whatever i like about miracles i, I tend to like about four color it, it's interesting like ice fan coatl just feels very out of place not that it's bad or anything like that it, it that's the thing that i think takes you out of the this is miracles thing. You're like, this is so weird that miracles is playing this like two mana one one. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, but it's great. I mean, it, it's 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 accumulated knowledge. Like, it's fine. Like, as just an accumulated knowledge or whatever. You know, it's not that weird that it's being played, but it's still weird that it's being played. If that makes sense. Like, yeah. um, it it's weird that it's very similar to Baleful Strix, um, but it's actually totally different because it has flash. Um, and I I think. Personally, I have hated every deck with Baleful Strix that I've ever played. They are so fucking boring to me. They just constantly, you know, it's tap out, play the best card you can, and, you know, hope you don't die when you're tapped out. Um, and this, despite the fact that you have the Coatl, it doesn't mean that you're doing the same thing. Uh, you still leave up mana. You still uh, play things like Mystic Sanctuary in the Miracle builds. Um, there's The strategy is still very much based around... Um, kind of forcing your opponent into these lines that you create for them where they're either stuck between a terminus or you know sword snap snords with 
coatls or whatever. Um, it, it's it's a little bit different just because you're usually defending an Oko that's you know kind of going off as opposed to a Jace. But uh, like I said, spiritually, I, I think the Flash makes a, a world of difference. Um, and it kinda... I think yeah, I agree. I think Flash is my, one of my favorite abilities just in general. You know, yeah. Yeah, um, it <coughs> the fact that it has Flash and has the um, the snow covered permanent clause is also there's a little bit of tension there. Mm-hmm. Like. Yep. Bill, if you played Phoenix against a Coatl deck, they sometimes just have to throw one in front of them without uh, without it actually killing the Phoenix. Though so that's why I liked Phoenix. I thought it was good against uh, um, it was going to be good against Miracles. Um, because yeah, I mean, well, the, the, the thing about that the thing about that Phoenix deck is uh, because you're playing Ox, which you know is functioning as your treasure cruise. It doesn't matter what you do; you just yeah. throw your resources out there. It doesn't matter because you're going to get more. Right. We were in a very interesting, like we went very interesting, like fair region between um, uh, Oko and Mystic Sanctuary. I think those two cards really came in and sort of, um, you know, settled down post uh, Run and Six ban, or even I guess uh, the really sort of emerge after Run and Six was banned. And then it's funny because Theros came out. And I think really just kind of threw a bunch of monkey wrenches into it. But we talk a lot about Underworld Breach, which may or may not be too good. Um, and then we've talked a lot personally about Ox of Agonist. hasn't done a ton, but I still think it's a you know interesting card. Fastest Oracle, you know, you see people playing Doomsday and it doesn't suck because they have Fastest Oracle. <laughs> um, and Uro uh, has seen a lot of, uh, has been experimented with a lot. Uh, Phil and I and Zach did a whole league with a Dryad. Balakit deck, though, just turned out to be a Dark Depths deck. So there's like some, the cards that came out in Theros have pushed the format in the sort of more experimental direction rather than just what, what came out, I think, starting in War of the Spark and going all the way through to Throne of Eldraine. So War into Modern Horizons, into M20, into Throne was everything's just like the best card at this mana cost and nothing's better, right? But instead you have these sort of like funky build arounds that may or may not be. The best thing to do, and I, I like that quite. A, I like that quite a lot. I like what's going on right now. I have an idea about the breach decks, but I th- I don't know if it's right. And that idea is unmoored ego or lost legacy. You guys know these cards, dude. Well, you just trying to sad sack people? <laughs> I Sa- thought about Sa- sad Sam- sacks. Dude, Sam. When Sam is not casting counterbalances or, I guess, Ice Fangs now, he has been known to go Dark Ritual Sad Zack you. <laughs> I, think, I think it's the thing. I think it's the thing that, you have to, that we have to try at this point. I, you, it would obviously have to come with some other piece of disruption so that you don't lose and before you can cast it. Um, but a couple of things about it. One is that Underworld Breach doesn't like go onto the battlefield and then... Um, like sit there, like it's got to be used that turn. So it's, you don't have to worry about like it being on the battlefield and you drawing it. And um, it just gets rid of the card. Like I just, I, I feel like this deck is just sort of like, yeah, I mean, you resolve this card and you win. Like it's it, like if one sticks, you probably win. Unless you really screw up. Like I've screwed up like playing it and like lost because of that. But it's, you know, so, what do you guys think of that idea as a way to to as as something that people should be trying to maybe balance things out a little bit and throw a monkey wrench in there? 
Honestly, I'm concerned it's a little slow. You know, it costs less than the, the Breach does. If you don't have a Force of Will with you, um, you might just lose to Breach, Lion's Eye Diamond, Crack it, Brain Freeze myself. Um, it's possible, but yeah, it's slow. Yeah, I mean, Unward Ego's blue, so you can play it in a blue deck. That was you know, sort of what I was thinking. Uh, Sad Sack would be awesome. That's Sadistic Sacrament, everybody. That's that's Phil's favorite card. It's it's his invitational card. That and and All right. I I have a quiz for the fastest miracles player alive. Oh God. Sad sack. We all know. Everybody knows that it costs triple black. Okay. But what is the kicker cost on sad sack? Seven colorless mana. Wow, this guy. Okay, if you pay the kicker cost. Instead, normally, if you just cast it for its regular cost, you get to exile three cards from their library. If you sad sack them with the kicker cost, how many cards do you get to exile? I'm going to say ten. I think there was some symmetry to that card. So it was ten mana, ten cards. Is that right? No, unfortunately uh, not. Seven. Wow. It's fifteen, actually. Wow. Cards? Wow. Yeah. Fifteen <laughs> cards, man. You, better pl- you, you best be playing sixteen win conditions. <laughs> I wonder, has there ever been a, a kick sadistic sacrament cast uh, outside EDH? I mean, I you know, was gonna, there is certainty that that has been cast, but uh, I don't know if it's happened outside of EDH. Um, I don't know. I don't know, Phil. Have you ever cast a sad sack for the the kicker? Have you ever taken fifteen cards out of someone's library? Well, here's the thing. I I think to myself as you ask that question. The odds that anybody has has done that is zero, and if it's not specifically me who's done it, then I feel confident saying that it's never been done. <laughs> yeah, that was that was kind of where I was going with this. When, when Red and Six came out, weren't we going to retrace Sad Sack? Wasn't that one of your ideas, Phil? <laughs> you probably. <laughs> I, I got to go back into our archives. You were like, "Oh, you can retrace Sad Sack with this, and then Sad Sack." Yeah, <laughs> totally. Like, I, I, I probably, I probably was at the point where you're like, "You know what? Yeah, if we've ultimated a Ren, why not?" <laughs> of course, that's where we're at. Well, I, I like that. Perfect, like, definitely got perfect mana, so we have I, black, black, black. <laughs> I know that. Like, if anybody who's listening to the cast is like, "Oh yeah, Sad Sack, this is great. I'm gonna try this out." They're going to sad sack. They're going to go dark ritual, sad sack you, uh, and take a breach player's uh, underworld breaches, except that player's going to have their fourth breach in their hand and then just kill them. 100%. 100% chance that happens. Yeah. You might actually, that's the thing about sad sack. Three is not enough. You need to, it needs to be four. You got to look through their deck and, well, this, and before it, you start yanking stuff out because maybe you want to hit the brain freezes or something. Yeah. Sad sack is only. Uh, it's only from their library. You can't take it from their hand. But uh, it's a flavorful, I guess, in that it stops you. It's it's intended to stop you from using a card. And the artwork is a vampire pithing needling another vampire. <laughs> okay, there we go. Do you guys have right any there. other? Let, let's close it out let's do, with a, with the tech ideas to combat the uh, to combat the breach deck. Take it seriously. What what are we playing? I, I got on Ward Ego. I got um, Lost Legacy. It's what what other what other tech do you think is is out there? Uh, deafening silence. That's 
that's up there. Um, personally, I'm I'm up to you know six to eight copies of Deafening Science plus Rest in Peace. Um, not just for Breach, but yeah, if you're if you're taking it seriously, you better you better not fucking lose that matchup. Yeah, I, I that's I think you know my unworthy go or whatever idea is paired with four Leyline of the Void. Give him something to target first. Give him a thing to look for to to look to beat. And yep. then get the second thing down. I guess for in your case, you need to go deafening silence into rest in peace into like Oko right there, and maybe that'll get that'll get you to the to the garage before uh, before it's over before they find double where where or whatever. Samwise, what's your take on counterbalance right now? Don't play it. Please Not don't good. Play it. No, I mean, I love me a counterbalance, but that's. I don't know about that card. I don't think. I think that that's like the portent, accumulated knowledge, whatever route, and I, I can't condone that in good conscience. I mean, or do whatever you want. This is legacy. Uh, you know, people play the dumbest shit, so you can't be that wrong. Not us. Certainly not. Twenty-seven yeah. lands. <laughs> I, I, or I, Grove. <laughs> yeah, when when you say playing dumb shit, uh, you're talking. I don't know who like who you're specifically talking about with that, but I'm happy that none of them are on this cast. Yeah, it's definitely not somebody who suggested walking ballista, Micaeus the unhallowed, um, and was there another card in that combo, Phil? Well, unfortunately, that combo doesn't work. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you need a you need a hardened scales and a sack outlet. No, no, no. Micaeus the Unhallowed gives your non-humans plus one plus one, so you can't kill your your ballista doesn't die when you shoot people. So oh, it, it, oh, it, oh it, really? Yeah, oh, I thought combo, I just put a counter on it. The combo yeah. doesn't. It, it, no, it, you would kill. You would sack the the ballista. You, you you now instead of it being just Micaeus the Unhallowed plus walking ballista as a kill because of the the anthem that Micaeus has, you needed a, you need a sack outlet in addition to it. So it's not playable if it was even in the first place without the sack outlet. Me, this just says heartless summoning. I feel like you already have all these cards. Yeah, yeah that is true. That is true. We do have we do have access to all the cards. I think. Uh, oh yeah, why don't we, we do just have access uh, let's to just, all the cards we need? Let's just let's just ballista Heliod people, right? That's the hotness. Uh, yeah, but I mean, if if it wasn't thirty mana and twelve cards. Uh, it wouldn't be a Phil original, so I feel Look, like. Look, dude, if I, oh, if I, 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 I'm just, I'm just looking to Lazav not some people and maybe Madcap experiment somebody. Uh, you love to see it. You love to, love see, to it. see it. Sam, thanks for coming on. Um, hey guys, can we find you places? Do you create your own content yet, or have you not? Or are you just uh, in, guesting? I try to hide the fact that I play Magic from everybody who doesn't in my life so uh well let me rephrase what sam is trying to get across here because he's not used to podcasting he is a content creator for specifically people who are six in one at gps that's oh, okay. right. yeah, I, i've never been there that's all telling that dude that i wasn't that guy but man like <laughs> talk to me I just I adore that Sam is as magic famous as he is without wanting it at all. Yeah, I think it's so good. I do not want that attention. Thank you, but no, thank you. Oh man! All right, I all right. Tell other magic people I know about this podcast. I will tell them to to listen, and they probably already do. 
you guys are super famous. So thank you for having Scarily me. Scarily so, yes. <laughs> hey, thank you, Sam. Thanks, right. Filthy Phil. Wow. Filthy Phil, wow. Filthy oh, thank- Phil, dirty bruise. We're going to get that. Well, that's going to be our shirt. Just on the shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, yep. Yep. We'll merch. <laughs> we're going to merchandise that. I want, it good- to be, I, I want it specifically to be Filthy Phil's Dirty Bruise, but then just Sam's headshot in the middle. Have a good week, everyone. silence at me then they milled their whole library now they're playing the same LED now I'm getting hit with brain freeze life's gotta always be messing with me Why do I play this game? I thought of those free victories I must be insane what's the point of trying to play fair Shit.